Are you guys ready for a word today? I know we got started a little bit later, and so let me just kind of pause right quick, look into the camera, and just welcome all of you that are watching online today. Come on, church. Can we make our online audience feel welcome in the house today? Thank you so much, whether you're in person, whether you're online. Man, we appreciate you guys. We love you so much. And hey, if this is your first time here at the Bridge Smithfield, man, we appreciate you. You come on a good Sunday, amen. Got like a waffle with some bacon and all that good stuff. So, but if this is your first time in person, go ahead and the seat back in front of you, grab that connect card, fill that welcome card out. At the end of the service, you can take it right out the double doors to the VIP banner and just drop that off. And we got a free gift for you for stopping by and being with us today. If you're watching online and if it's your first time, man, shoot something in the chat right there. Just let us know that you're here. And, uh, man, we got something we'd love to send you as well. So, man, thank you guys so much. And, hey, look, man, if it's your second time, hey, we want to know that too. Let us know if there's any way we can pray for you, uh, any way we can help you. Like, you know, like more waffles, that's on you. Amen. But any other than that, we can help you. But, guys, if this is your third time, we got to be loud today, guys. What do we say? Welcome home, man. You found a home right here at the Bridge Smithfield, and we appreciate you guys so much. Hey, let's get into the Word today. Uh, I'm only going to keep you for a little bit. Let me just kind of throw this out there as well. Our growth track tonight, we're not having our growth track tonight, just because of all the other events and everything that we've had going on, so no growth track tonight. So uh, just keep that in mind. But we are in a series that we're called Building for the Generations. Building for the Generations. And we've been talking about kind of seven core values, if you will. Kind of some, some standards, some absolutes. Kind of these, these line in the sand moments, if you will. Because we said, hey, our culture, our families, our churches, the biblical values that we stand on are up under attack like never before. And so how do we combat all of that? Well, we've got to have some values, some things that we stand on, some absolutes that we say, you know what, we're going to live by these standards. And not only are we going to live by them, but we're going to pass them on to the next generation. And so there's seven of them, and we've been talking about these seven. And, and you may ask, well, well, Pastor Man, I get all that, but, but why are we spending so much time talking about these values? Well, these values actually operate as a foundation. And how many of you know that before you build anything, you got to have the foundation right? And so we look at this as the foundation on which we're going to build something on. What are we going to build? Well, for those of you that were not able to make it to our guest gatherings, man, we're looking at adding 9,100 square feet to this building right here. Come on, somebody. Anybody excited about that? Yeah. 9,100 square foot is what we're looking to add to this facility right here. That's going to give us five children classrooms that we desperately need, some big classrooms. That's going to also give us some worship space that we desperately need for our students. Because how many of you know they're out there in the modular, kind of like a can of sardines. Come on, anybody ever seen one of them? So they're cramped all up, so they're going to get some space. And then the adults, guess what, guys? We're getting some space too, amen? So we're looking at adding a 300-plus seat sanctuary 
uh, or worship center, if you will, to this plan. So again, 9,100 square foot, guys, is kind of what we're doing. And so this is something that God's put in our heart. This is what he called us to build. And so let me just say this to you. If you were not able to attend one of our vision gatherings, uh, everyone that attended the vision gatherings got a packet, a packet like this right here. Well, guess what? We recorded that session for you. And so if you say, man, I was working, I didn't have an opportunity to go by, I didn't have an opportunity to say, hey, that's fine. We got you covered. So at the end of the service, what I'm going to ask you to do is to just simply walk out the double doors, go to the guest service desk, and grab one of these packets right here. These packets are yours. We're also going to give you a link. We're going to give you a link so that in your free time, you can watch the division gatherings, if you will. And so you can hear kind of the heart behind everything that we're doing. And so we're going to make that available to you. Put your name down. Put your email address down. We'll have that in your inbox within the next couple of days. But we're looking at doing this. We're looking at expanding the facility. And so on November the 14th, turn to somebody and say November the 14th. Come on now. I can tell y'all got like waffy coma going right now. Look at somebody and say November the 14th. November the 14th. That's an opportunity. You guys in these packets, there's some commitment cards here. So on November the 14th, you're going to have an opportunity to come in and, and bring kind of a one-time offering gift, if you will. Our kids are involved in this. They've got little bricks that they've been sending home. Fill them up as well with change and stuff. And our kids are going to march in here on the 14th. We're going to build a little wall for them. And it's just going to be amazing. But you'll have an opportunity to give kind of a one-time gift. But then you'll have an opportunity to make a commitment over the next three years. To say, hey, here's kind of what I'd, I'd love to do. What my family and I want to do. Because we want to be a part in this project. We want to be a part of building for the generations. And so, uh, man, there's a lot more to be said about that. Get the link. Watch it. We'll be talking about that as well. But with all of this being built, how many of you know you got to have the right foundation? And so before we're going to build anything... We said, guys, we need to take a few weeks and talk about what the foundation looks like. And so we've been laying this thing out. Come on, we've been digging some ground. We've been pouring some concrete. And so we've already talked about several of the values. The first value is live biblically. Live biblically. We said all the rest of the values, you can put them in whatever order you want to put them in. But this value right here has got to be number one. Live biblically. The Bible has got to be the compass for your life. Like every decision you make, everything you do has to be based off God's word. So we talked about that. We talked about serve unselfishly. We talked about love unconditionally. We talked about relate sincerely. Today, kind of in, in celebration of Waffle Wagon, I want to talk about grow intentionally. Come on, somebody. Grow intentionally. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. Lord, the next few minutes, open our hearts. Help us to hear from you as you speak something into our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Grow intentionally. Turn to somebody and say, you got to grow. You got to grow. You got to grow. Uh, how many of you guys are on social media? Just kind of shoot your hand up right now. You're on, you're on social media of any kind, any kind of platform. 
um, there, there's kind of a trend now that you're seeing on social media where uh, it could be like a relationship, it could be somebody making a decision, and they'll post something on social media, and in the, in the comments, there's what you call a red flag emoji. Come on, has anybody ever seen a red flag emoji? Anybody ever seen that flag? Many of you have. What is this flag? This flag is kind of like a warning sign. It's a warning sign. So, so let's, let's kind of do a little test on you real quick. See if you guys are with me when it comes to red flag emojis. Let's say you meet someone and man, you're like, this person is the one. But they have like over 10 cats in their house. Come on, turn to somebody and say, red flag. Amen, like red flag right there. Cats ain't even in the Bible, amen? But anyway, red flag. Let's say you go out to eat with someone, and you're hanging out, and you order a hot dog, and they put mayonnaise on their hot dog, y'all. Turn to somebody and say, red flag, amen? Red flag. Suppose you have somebody, and you go out to eat and order, and they order a brown hot dog. Come on, somebody. Say red flag for real right there. Just red flag. Like, get up, take your stuff, and walk away from them. Like, Amen? Red flag. Suppose you find somebody and you're like, man, like pastor, they are all that and a bag of chips. Like I really see myself with them, but they're a Duke fan. Come on, look at somebody and say red flag, y'all. Red flag. Suppose you got somebody that don't love Jesus. Turn to somebody and say red flag. Red flag. Guys, if you're out there and you find a, a woman and you find out she is a Shanita, come on, somebody. You know what that is. She need a house payment. She need a car payment. She need a flip-flop. If you find a Shanita, guys, turn to somebody and say, red flag. Amen. Red flag emojis. These are things that serve as a warning sign. Like, hey, pay attention. Don't blow past this. You need to... Look with both eyes, and here's the serious part of all of this. We've all had red flags. We've all had red flags to come up in our hearts, come up in our lives, come up in our spirits, if you will. We've had these red flags, and we blew right past them. You ever blown past a red flag? Like you knew I shouldn't be doing this. I know. Like three waffles was it. But you just kept on going. Red flag. The amazing thing is when you look in the scriptures, the scriptures are full of what we call red flags. There's these warning signs. There's almost as if God is trying to get our attention to say, Hey, stop, do not pass, go. Red flag. And in the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews actually lays out for us several red flag moments. So I just want to kind of throw out a few scriptures. These scriptures are not in your notes, so I'm going to go pretty quick with this. But let me just show you just some of the red flags that we find in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Pay much close attention to what you have heard, lest you drift away. Or somebody say, open your ears. Pay attention to what you've heard, Lest you drift away. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 8. Don't harden your hearts like Israel did in the wilderness. Hebrews 3 verse 12. Take care lest you have an evil heart of unbelief. Hebrews 4.11. Be diligent to enter God's rest or you will fall by disobedience. 
Hebrews 4.14. Hold fast to your confession. So, so you kind of get the point where we're going here. The writer of Hebrews is concerned about something. He's concerned about the people of that time and how there's all of this commotion, all of this stuff. Life is accelerating. We get busy and he's like, hey, red flag. Pay attention to what you're hearing. Don't harden your hearts. Take care lest you have an evil heart. Be diligent to enter God's rest. Hold fast to your confession. Red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. And all of these warnings are there. But up until this point in time in the book of Hebrews, we're only given the cure. Like, hey, don't hard your hearts. Take care. Enter the rest. But in Hebrews chapter 5, The writer of this book goes on to tell us why people are blowing past the red flags. And I think we can actually even apply it to where we are right now and kind of the the world that we're living in, the the life that we're in. In Hebrews chapter 5, watch what he says, starting at verse 11. Hebrews 5, 11. He says, about this. Now stop right there. What's he talking about? If you read in the verses before... The writer is talking about how Jesus is the supreme high priest. He is the son of God. So he's unpacking some stuff about Jesus. He says, about this, we have much to say. And it's hard to explain since you have become what? Dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. In other words, the writer's saying, hey, I'm trying to tell you what you need to do. I'm throwing up red flags in front of you, but you're not listening. You blow right past them. He says, for though by this time you are to be teachers, yeah, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a what? A child. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by what? Constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, hey guys, listen to me. There is a process that has to happen in your life. There is a spiritual growth process that has to happen, and you haven't grown at all. He said, you ought to be sitting over here eating a filet mignon, but you're sitting in the Bible in the corner somewhere with your thumb in your mouth, and you're a baby. He said, you haven't grown. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to what? Maturity. In other words, you need to grow up. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So again, when you read this scripture, it becomes abundantly clear that we are called to grow. We're expected to grow. Over and over and over again in the scriptures, you read how God calls us closer to him. God calls us on to maturity. 2 Peter chapter 3.18, this is not in your notes, 2 Peter 3.18, it says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So it's almost like there's this commandment to grow. And so therefore, if you're taking notes, write this down. Lack of spiritual growth in your life is concerning. Lack of spiritual growth in your life is concerning. And it's interesting because these verses of Scripture we've just read actually compare the spiritual growth to that of a child growing physically. 
And we all know that every child develops at their own rate. We all realize that. But every child hits what is called a growth spurt. Come on. Is any parents in here ever dealt with your child hitting a growth spurt? What do they do? Sleep all the time. Like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Why are you still in bed? I don't know. Growth spurt. Not only that, but they eat everything in the house, y'all. Come on, somebody. Has anybody got teenagers in your house? Identify with me right now. Thank you, three of you. Amen? Like, they eat everything. It's, it's like, man, I just went grocery shopping Saturday. Tuesday, snack bin is empty. There's no milk. There's no tea. Like, drink water. And if you tell them to drink water, they're like a two-year-old in Walmart that don't get a candy bar. Y'all know what I'm saying. So understand, there comes a time physically when you hit a growth spurt. And the writer of Hebrews says there needs to come a time spiritually when you hit a growth spurt. Where you grow up in the things of God. And so then he starts telling us why the people aren't growing. Hebrews 5.11. Let's read it again. About this. What's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus being the superior high priest. We have much to say. And it's hard to explain since you have become what? Dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. Now you understand it had nothing to do with their ears. They, they, They could hear just fine. Had nothing to do with their ears, but had everything to do with their hearts. How many times do we get in situations in our lives where we hear just fine, but our hearts are not where they need to be? There's times in our life where we ought to be getting in God's word. We ought to be pouring ourselves into his word, letting his word speak into our lives. But we are watching all day, every day, binging Netflix. Come on, turn to somebody and say, he's meddling. You ought to be paying attention in church. Instead of checking out your social media posts with that waffle hanging out the side of your mouth, wondering how many people liked your post. You ought to be praying and serving and giving and saying, God, I want a relationship with you. But we're on the phone gossiping about everybody. Turn to somebody and say, ouch. And so it's almost like there's this this apathy, this lack of care, lack of passion. And oftentimes Jesus dealt with the same thing. That's why he said over and over again, let him who has ears to hear, like let him hear what I'm saying. And it wasn't that they had a hard time hearing, they had a hard time listening. He's like, I'm trying to get something in you. There's a red flag I'm putting up, but you're blowing past it because you're not hearing. It's not registering you. It's not an ear problem. It's a heart problem. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, what does he say? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so then you've got to ask yourself a question as it relates to that scripture. And it is simply this, am I hungry for the things of God? Like, am I hungry for the things of God? And if the answer is no or not as much, then you have to think, how do I kickstart my life spiritually? And the best way to kickstart your life is to go on a fast. Now, naturally, we didn't do that this morning, but, but to go on a fast is to say no to your flesh so you can say yes to your spirit. 
It's that time in their life where you're starving the physical to feed the spiritual and drawing near to God. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, you're dull of hearing. You're not growing spiritually. You should not be infants anymore. You should be teachers and adults by now. What's going on? And so you have to ask yourself like, okay, check my life. Look at where I'm at. If I'm not growing spiritually, how do I get there? If you're taking notes, write this down. Spiritual growth takes intentional effort. Spiritual growth takes intentional effort. Let me prove it to you. Uh, Hebrews 5.14. Solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by what? Constant practice. Constant practice to distinguish good from evil. The word practice there literally means that there is a habit that has been formed in your life. You have put deliberate effort into something and there is a habit in your life. It's the same word that, Timoth- uh, that uh, Paul used in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, when he says, has nothing to do with godless myths or old wives' tale. Rather, what? Train. Train yourselves to be godly. There's some intentional, deliberate effort you're putting into something, and it's developed a habit in your life. So how do I do that? You've got to be willing to take on the spiritual disciplines in your life. What does that mean? That means you've got to spend time in God's Word you got to spend time in that place of prayer because hear me today, guys. I want you to lean in right now. You control how much of God is in you. You control how much of the Word is in you. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. The Word needs to be in you. So again, there's a command there. What are we called to do? We're called to grow. Why? Why is that so important that we grow intentionally? Because we've all been given marching orders. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care where you're watching from right now. We've all been given marching orders. What are the marching orders? Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Therefore, what does that word say? Go. Go. So what are we called to do? We're called to grow, and then we're called to go. Amen? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So again, God calls us to grow intentionally in our spirit, but he also calls us to go because there's a mandate on our life. So the problem is, how do I do that? Like, I know how to kind of grow up. How do I go? Turn to somebody and say, you got to be salt and light. You got to be salt and light. Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So not only are you salt, but you are what? The light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives life to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, so they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So Jesus is kind of throwing out a couple metaphors here, and he's saying, Hey, I need you to be salt, and I need you to be light. Now, why would Jesus say that? I mean, what, what, is, what is salt good for? Well, if you connect with the smartest guy that I know, that guy called Google, amen, Google will tell you there's over 14,000 uses of salt. 
That's a lot of things. But there's really three primary uses that salt is good for. The first thing, what does salt make you do? It makes you thirsty. Come on, how many of you agree with that? It makes you thirsty. Eating some peanuts, you know, got it all on your hands. The more you eat the salt, the thirstier you get. Here's the second thing salt does. It spices things up. Come on, it seasons some stuff. Like if if you sit down for a meal and it's not really right, what do you say? Pass the salt. Give me some salt. If you sit down for some grits. Come on, how many of you like some grits, y'all? Amen. Sit down for a good old hot bowl of grits and it's a little bland tasting. What do you say? Pass the salt. Now, let me, tell, let me just tell you something. If you're putting sugar in your grits, come on, somebody. Like red flag right there. Amen. Pass the salt. So salt spices things up. Here's another thing salt does. It preserves. So it kind of, it's like beef jerky. It takes all the moisture out, but it also holds at bay the bacteria. So let's look at it again. What does salt do? It stimulates thirst. It adds excitement to the taste, and it holds back decay. So which one was Jesus talking about when he said, you're salt? He's talking about all three. So you are meant to create thirst in other people. By relying on the Holy Spirit, by getting into His Word, by connecting with God, by living your life with purpose and peace and joy, it creates spiritual thirst in people around you. Not only that, but when we live out our faith with authenticity and boldness, we are to go into the world and bring some flavor to it. Come on, how many of you agree with that? You're not supposed to bring hatred or strife or division, but we are called to bring love and peace and unity in a world that is so cynical, so corrupt, and so dark. But not only that, it is no doubt the believers who are living Christ-honoring lives that are holding at bay the moral decay in our society. So which one are you supposed to be? All of them. All of them. But then he says you need to be light. What's he talking about with light? How many of you know what light does? Makes things visible. It lights the way so you know where to go. It also exposes hidden things. You ever heard somebody say, shed some light on this subject? So we're called to be salt. We're called to be light. How do I really do all of that? Let me give you real quick today the ABCs. ABCs of salt and light. Here's the first thing you got to be willing to do. Number one, acquire spiritual power. Acquire spiritual power. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. What's Jesus saying here? In order for you to have a great impact on your world, your society, your friends, your family, you've got to be salty. You've got to be salty. How can I be salty? You get close to God and rely on the Holy Spirit in your life. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You tap into the power of God. Because listen, our strength, and yes, we need to do our part. The Bible says pick up your cross and follow Him. How many of you know that requires a little bit of strength? Amen. So you got to do your part. But at the same time, you've got to rely on the Holy Spirit doing His part. And he puts you in situations where everybody knows, like, you didn't do that. So that's the Holy Spirit working in you. You've got to acquire spiritual power. Here's the second thing you have to be willing to do. Build relationships with people. People who are spiritual seekers. 
Build relationships. Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the what? Earth. Not the salt of heaven. The salt of the earth. What does that mean? In order for salt to be affected, it's got to be close. It's got to be close. Mark chapter 2.17, Jesus said, healthy people do not need a doctor. It's the sick who need a doctor. But I didn't come to invite good people. I came to invite sinners. For salt to be effective, it's got to be in contact with the thing that needs it. And unfortunately, churches are filled today with a whole lot of salt shakers. Come on now. Whole lot of salt shakers. They have spiritual power. They're hooked up to God. They're connected. They're even living God-honoring lives. But you hadn't made anyone thirsty for Jesus in a long time. You haven't challenged an unbeliever to think differently in a long time. You haven't been active enough in the community, in your home, in your family to hold back the decay, if you will. And the greatest tragedy is that the longer we walk with God, the more power we acquire, but the fewer seekers we influence. So in order to do what God has called us to do, we've got to get out of the shaker. We've got to be willing to share our faith, which brings us to number three, and that is communicate the good news. Communicate the good news. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before who? Men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. There's two primary ways, kind of, that, that we are to do this. Because oftentimes we, we get saved and we get in our little bubble. Like, praise the Lord, I'm saved, I'm good, got my ticket to heaven. But God says, hey, not only do you need to grow, but what do you need to do? Go. How do I go? i got to be salt and light. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. You understand that God just didn't just call all of us. God called you and you and you and you. And me. Be salt and be light. You want to change your world? You want to change your family? You want to change your community? First thing you got to do is stop passing the red flag emojis. Stop, stop blowing past them. Like stop. Be intentional about your spiritual growth. Be intentional about bringing your family around the table every once in a while. And praying over your kids and Praying over your spouse. Like be intentional about that. Be intentional about getting in God's word. Be intentional about serving in the community. Be intentional about praying and having a dialogue with God. A lot of times it's just us going before God and spitting out a whole bunch of stuff and then picking up and leaving. But let God speak into your heart. Like have that relationship with him. And let his word grow deep in your hearts and deep into your lives. 
And for God's sake, man, get out of the shaker. Do that. Just kind of, just, yeah, get out of the shaker. Like be who God's called you to be. Always be prepared, First Peter says, to give an answer to everyone that asks you. Always be prepared. So you understand that we're called to grow intentionally. So that we can go be salt and light. That's the calling that God's put on our lives. That is a value that we have to have because oftentimes the longer we sit in church, the more comfortable we get. The longer we sit in church, like oh, I've heard him song before. Oh, I've heard that message before. And and I get it, right? I do. I'm like, man, I don't preach that to them folks before. Amen. Man, I get it. But what are you doing during the week to prepare? To come in here and open up your hearts and say, God, man, thank you for this opportunity right here. Thank you for the privilege to come in, to worship, to serve, to give. God, thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for the lives that are being changed. Do you realize that there are certain people... That only you can reach. That's it. Benjamin. Do you realize. My brother from another mother. Amen. That there's certain people. As young as you are. There's certain people only you can reach. I, I can't reach them. But you can. You realize Brian. There's certain people. Only you can reach. And that mandate is on all of our lives. I don't, I don't care where you are. I don't care what you're juggling right now. I don't care what you're going through right now. It doesn't change the mandate to grow and to go. God's put it in your hearts. He's put it in your lives. He's bringing people around you all of the time to tell somebody about Jesus. And to share the love of God with that particular person. To be salt and light. Stand with me all over the house. Father, we just thank you for the moments that you've given us today. God, we thank you for the good food. We've certainly enjoyed that. We've enjoyed the fellowship time. We've enjoyed hanging out and relaxing and and just enjoying each other's company. God, we've enjoyed all of that. And Lord, we've come in here and there was some great worship and Preaching probably could have been a little better. But God, we thank you for for just being here. Being in this place. We don't take moments like this for granted. These moments that you bring us here to speak into our hearts and to remind us, Lord, of, of the mandate. To remind us of the responsibility. To remind us of the call that you've put on every single one of our lives. The call to simply grow and go. Grow and go. God, let us be reminded of this throughout this week. As we go on our jobs. As we go in our communities. As we go into our families. As we, as we go into our neighborhoods. As we go into our schools. Let us be reminded of, of this moment right here. 
And let us think back, Lord, and recall the day that we turn our lives over to you. The mandate is real. The mandate is real. Help us to grow so that we may go. Would you guys keep your heads bowed for a moment? You know, maybe, you, maybe you walked in here today. Maybe you're watching online right now. And during this message, you say, Pastor Man, I, I, I hear all of that. I, I hear there's a mandate. I, but you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the, the stuff I've been involved in. Can I just be as honest with you as I can and just say to you, it doesn't change the mandate. It doesn't negate the call of God on your life. It doesn't mean that you get a pass on being salt and light. You, you don't. It's still there. And so the first step that you have to be willing to take is to give your life to Him. It's to go all in for Him. It's to open your heart and say, God, I need you right now. Like I'm tired of doing life on my own. I'm tired of just kind of going through the motions with everything happening. I need you in my heart. I need you in my life right now. And guys, listen, if that describes you, whether you're online, whether you're in person, I'm going to ask you to be intentional right now. If you want to grow spiritually, you got to be intentional. If you want a relationship with God, it's, it's got to be intentional. And so here's the intentional part for you. If you mean business with God, He means business with you. And if you say, Pastor, man, today, like today, I'm changing my life. Today, I'm going all in for Him. And if that is you, would you be willing to slip a hand up right now and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Like I'm ready to go all in. I need Him. Seize the hand. I'm ready to go all in. I need Him in my heart. I need Him in my life. Those of you watching online, if you mean business with God, He means business with you. Would you be brave enough, bold enough, if you will, to just right there in the chat, just say, I'm, I'm going all in, Pastor. That's, that's me. That's me. That's me. Now, guys, we do this as a family. You know we do. I saw the hands. I see you online. Let's pray this prayer together as a family. This is the greatest day and the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And Father, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and you rose the third day. And Father, right now, I give you my life. I give you my everything. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. In Jesus' name. Lord, I love you. I want to serve you. I want to be salt and light. I want to grow. And I want to go. In Jesus' name. Come on, guys. Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house.